You are listening to Open Democracy. Hello, welcome to the Open Democracy Show. I'm James, and today's episode is a long read of an article. Today's article was first published on the 9th of December 2022. It was written by David Leesk, and it was read by myself. The UK firm at the heart of a high-level fraud conviction in Russia. It was the middle of November 2017, and a clerk in the glass and steel headquarters of Company's house in Edinburgh had just stamped a routine and unremarkable document. This was an LP6, a £20 form that records, for the UK's corporate tax registry, any changes in the nature of a limited partnership. The sheet of paper which bore an indecipherable signature said that a business called New Bay Investments LP had been dissolved four months earlier. Companies house clerks do not routinely check whether such filings are accurate, so officials simply logged the paper and published it online. New Bay Investments was no more. The business ceased trading, according to that seemingly inconsequential form, roughly two weeks before it was due to hand over details of the People with Significant Control, or PSC, of the organisation. New Bay Investments was a type of business called a Scottish Limited Partnership, or SLP. Transparency International has called SLPs the UK's homegrown secrecy vehicles for their lack of transparency over ownership and use in high-profile money laundering cases. Anti-money laundering measures introduced by the UK government a few months before Nubay was seemingly wound up had required all SLPs to identify its people with significant control by a certain date and then send the information to the authorities. As it was... The business never had to do this. Nobody heard the word Nubay Investments for another 12 months until two leading Russian businessmen, Ziavudin and Magomed Magomedov, were arrested on embezzlement and organised crime charges in 2018. It took a further four years for Moscow court to rule that Nubay Investments had in fact been under the control of a Russian organised crime group, a process that finally came to an end last week. More specifically, a panel of three judges determined that Nubay Investments was in the hands of Zividan and Magadev Magadov, businessmen who were once politically well-connected in Russia. Indeed, the Megamedev case, with its political ramifications and its through-the-keyhole look at the lives of the country's mega-rich, has gripped Russia. In a lengthy verdict, Moscow's Mashensky district found the brothers guilty of racketeering and embezzlement on a grand scale. The Megamedev and their associates had stolen, the judges said, some 11 billion rubles. That's about £143 million. Ziavudin, 54, was sentenced to 19 years behind bars. Megamed, his brother, received 18 years in prison. A number of co-accused also received lengthy custodial sentences. In addition, the court ordered the confiscation of billions of rubles, a Porsche and other cars, a Gulfstream corporate jet, two homes in Moscow, and four apartments in London. The British properties were registered in the name of various corporations, according to local reports. Another Moscow court had already ordered the seizure of $750 million from the Magomedev brothers. At the time, it was said to be the biggest recovery operation of the proceeds of crime in Russian history. The Megamedevs and their co-accused, first arrested in 2018, have always maintained their innocence. Russian media reports suggest that the brothers and their associates intend to appeal the December 1st verdict. Ziavudin held a holding company called Suma, with interests in strategic sectors such as Russian telecoms, ports and oil transportation infrastructure. 
He described the case against him as a symbiosis of lies and absurdity. Magomed has said that the organized crime group described by prosecutors is a mythical construct. Speculation has swelled around why the brothers, once fated by the Kremlin, were prosecuted. Back in 2018, the Russian newspaper Novaya Gazeta suggested that the Megadev's legal problems began after they started showing political interest in their native North Caucasus Republic of Dagestan. The brothers are ethnic Avars, the largest of the different groups that live in Dagestan. The Megamedevs were previously said to be close to Dmitry Medvedev, Russia's former president and prime minister. Open Democracy approached the Megamedevs' defence lawyer for comment, but did not receive a response. Zia Vudin, who was estimated to be worth more than $1 billion in 2017, held several high-profile roles in the world of sport and culture. He used to be president of Vladivostok's Admiral Hockey Club and was on the board of trustees of both the Bolshoi Theatre and the Russian Tennis Federation. Magomed sat in the Federation Council, the upper house of the Russian Parliament. Now, the pair have been stripped of all their honours. Their prosecution under Russian organised crime legislation was widely seen as a warning shot to big business. Economist Serhii Alexashenko, a former minister and central banker, on Tuesday told Independent Dojt TV that the Magmadev cause shows to oligarchs who are in the sights of Russian law enforcement that it is better not to resist. The Magmadevs were specifically convicted of misappropriating public funds for construction work on a railway, on a Kalingrad airport, and on two of the stadiums built for Russia's 2018 World Cup. They were found to have used Nubay Investments, the Scottish limited partnership that officially ceased trading in November 2017, to carry out more than $2 million worth of fake transactions via OZK, Russia's semi-privatised national grain company. The brothers deny this, saying that the contracts between Nubay Investments and OZK were not fictitious, but had simply fallen through. Yet the role played by this Edinburgh ghost firm in the saga has once again highlighted how little scrutiny there is on thousands of offshore-owned UK corporate entities. This case points to a contradiction at the heart of our anti-money launderer system, explained Christian Laslett, a criminology professor at Ulster University. The policing front lines are staffed by private sector organisations, such as bank and company formation agents, who are obliged to identify and report shady actors. Most on the front line do not want the job, are frequently found doing lousy work, and face little in the way of sanction, even when asleep at the anti-money laundering wheel. Nubay Investments is typical of the Scottish limited partnership genre. It was set up in 2010 and registered, along with thousands of similar entities, at an Edinburgh residence two miles from company's house. Its entire public bureaucratic footprint consists of two filings. One is its certificate of registration, the other is the belated LP6, effectively its dissolution. These documents do not cast any light on who owned or controlled Nubay Investments or what they did in its seven years as a commercial entity. That said, company house filings do reveal which company formation agent created Nubay Investments and who hosted it. Nubay Certificate of Registration has the stamp of Kearney Curran & Co, which describes itself as one of Ireland's biggest company formation agents. A prolific creator of SLPs and other entities, Kearney Curran's managing director Desmond Kearney declined to answer questions about Nubay Investments. I can't discuss any of that, Kearney told Open Democracy. There is no suggestion that Kearney, who according to his LinkedIn profile has run this business for 37 years, would have any knowledge of how Nubay Investments was used under its incorporation. 
Kearney Curran's website explains that it does not necessarily do its own due diligence on clients. It says that under Ireland's 2010 money laundering legislation, we can rely on regulated customers, certain accountants, auditors, lawyers and others, to obtain and hold such information and under agreement to release this to us if requested. Nubay's certification of registration names its official partners. Two shell corporations registered in the same office in Belize, a known secrecy jurisdiction. This is the typical structure of the kind of enterprise once and openly widely marketed in the former Soviet Union as a Scottish zero-tax offshore company. The final piece of information on Company's House is the registered address of Nubay Investments, 78 Montgomery Street. But Nubay had no office there. In reality, 78 Montgomery Street was the home of a now-dead company formation agent called John Hine. It was also the official headquarters of thousands of SLPs and other shell firms, including those named in some of the biggest money laundering scandals of the last decade. There is no suggestion that Hine knew anything about the activities of the businesses, which on paper at least, he hosted. A founder of Edinburgh Pride and prominent liberal political activist, his normal business was setting up firms for Scottish entrepreneurs. He occasionally incorporated prank companies too, such as the United States of America Limited. Hine also provided an Edinburgh peg for SLPs created by other formation agents. In 2018, two years before his death, he told the Scottish paper The Herald that this side of the business had resulted in regular visits by the police, but because of a quirk in Scots corporate law, he was unable to deregister firms from his home. If I got any money for it, it'd be slightly more tolerable, he said, but I am not getting a penny. Thank you so much for listening. So again, that article was by David Leesk, and you can read the full thing over on opendemocracy.net. If you enjoyed today's show and you're not already subscribed to the Open Democracy Show podcast, then please do hit the subscribe button on your platform of choice so that you never miss another episode. We're also social butterflies and we can be found across the range of social networks. So whatever your social platform of choice may be, just search for Open Democracy and give us a follow. Thanks for listening and have a great day. You've been listening to a podcast supported by Open Democracy. If you liked it, please consider making a small donation to help us do more. As a small media organisation, Open Democracy relies on the backing of people like you to keep going. Go to opendemocracy.net now to support our work. And one more thing, to avoid missing out on future episodes, don't forget to subscribe to this show in your favourite podcast app.